For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. Hurts, Ethan, first down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by the Blade Podcast Network. And once again, we're sponsored by betonline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V. They will match your initial deposit up to 50%. Football season is, a, is happening right now. Make some money with us as we are on betonline.ag, promo code BLEAV, and betterhealth.com. What better place to go to get your mental health taken care of? You do so anonymously over the phone, text messaging, messaging with your therapist. If you use betterhelp.com slash Eagles, E-A-G-L-E-S, go birds. Get 10% off your first month of mental health therapy with your therapist of your choice, betterhelp.com. Co-host Connor Miles, my co-host Ed Kras, as always, Ed, Avante Max is done. It's official now. He's out for the season. Let's just go right into it, and then we'll talk about the game. The long-term position of how the Eagles, I mean, excuse me, the long-term uh, effects of this position it has on the Eagles, I think is I think I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think Avante Maddox plays last game as an Eagle. I think that was it. I think we just saw the last of him as an Eagle. I think his contract's favorable for them to move on. Whether it's a post uh, June first move would actually save more money. I actually was looking at his contract today. If they did a post June first uh, move, they'll say, if they do it before June first, they won't gain much money. But if they designate it as an after June first, they'll get a, a decent amount of cap savings. And I'm gonna be honest with you, the, the injury history of him is just tolling at this point. So. That's a long ways away, but I think that was it. I thought we just saw our last game as Monte Maddox. So I know you have Isaiah Rogers Sr. You brought in from that gambling suspension. He's out for the year. That's who probably everybody's assuming is going to be the Eagles taking over at nickel. I don't think that's as decided as fans may think or people may initially think. I think this team is still going to be looking to replace in-house this long-term nickel position and you have mario goodrich is a young player undrafted free agent that you brought up and he stayed on your team for a couple of years you clearly think something of him if you're putting him in this position he looks like he's going to get the start of nickel i don't know if you can confirm or not because i don't know they're talking about moving bradbury there's there's talks of bradbury playing nickel me job starts uh but it looks like mario goodrich is trying to get this start and get his opportunity and you know i say give him time show him some patience eagle fans i know that's tough 
for us to have, but we need to have some patience with these young players because that Jalen Hurts contract, that A.J. Brown contract, paying Devontae Smith soon to keep him around, that's all going to kick in soon, and these other positions are going to suffer. So the Eagles are going to start thinking about guys that are on cheap contracts filling in the starter roles. Like, they're bar- – they're- I mean, a third-round draft pick and Zach Cunningham off the streets two weeks into uh, training camp is your linebacking corpse right now. Your safety position has undrafted free agent and third-round rookie at it, and then a bunch of couple guys that you brought in on minimum veteran contracts. They're not putting tons of money already into these other positions. Just wait until these contracts hit. So you need these guys like Mario Goodrich to show you something. You need to have these guys, and when they have these opportunities like Josh Strobe did against the Minnesota Vikings to show you something because they might be the future of your team when you move on off these bigger contracts. So I think that's what this opportunity is so keen for Mario Goodrich. And if it's not going to be Goodrich, then who else? You keep keeping these Eli Ricks. You kept Eli Ricks around. You keep Josh Job around. We need to see some younger guys that they have in these depth positions step up. So I know everybody's always hype, like, oh, this is a Super Bowl team, though. They need to get that rental. They need to get that Kenny Moore. They need to get the, the, the Buda Baker. But in the long scheme run of it, they have these huge contracts that are going to hit them soon, Ed. I know they're in good cap position next year, but we're talking not just next year. We're talking the year after that, the year after that. And this that that money's gonna start hitting soon. I don't know. I want to see what Mario Gibbard has to have. I want to give him at least four games to see if he can show me something. Yeah, well, I mean, you're right. A lot of young guys that can step in at corner. Uh, so I don't know what they'll do with Maddox in the long term, but short term, uh, it's a problem, no doubt. Very sticky situation. Mario Goodrich stepped in last week, and you know, Sean decided defensive coordinator said he seemed to get better. As the game went on, uh, which is good, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how much of an answer he'll be. In fact, my speculation is, and, and you know, and I and I have talked to some people about this, is that the Eagles are going to piecemeal it. They're going to play uh, <clears throat> Mario Goodrich in the slot, but you know, if he struggles or he's going to be given a short leash, and you know, I've even been told that Sidney Brown could be a possibility in the slot. Uh, Monday night they might give him uh, some looks in there they're not going to move James Bradbury into the slot full term that's not in the plan and really why would you he's a pro bowl all pro outside cornerback who's been that for the last 10 years so they're not going to move him either Uh, to me it's going to be a piecemeal situation they're going to use Goodrich I'm pretty sure you're going to see Brown get some slot reps on Monday night and you're going to see Bradbury for a handful perhaps um, now, listen, Garrett Goodrich could put all that to rest and come out and intercept, you know, two passes against Chris Godwin or whoever he's going to be matched up with in the slot. So, you know, that would be great to see. I don't think it'll happen. I, I'm not sure of the level of talent that he is or what the Eagles think he is. But, uh, you know, at the moment, he's their only option. And and that could be a long term issue. Uh, you know, to me, this kind of if you look back to last year when. Jordan Davis got hurt. Marlon Tuapulatu got hurt. You know, he got banged up. And then the Eagles uh, came out and gave up a lot of yards on the ground. They gave Marvin Wilson a shot in Houston against the Texans. Marvin Wilson didn't get it done. So Howie Roseman goes out and he signs Ndamukong Sue and Linval Joseph on back-to-back days to patch that hole. Marvin Wilson had one shot. He couldn't do it. I think Mario Goodrich has one shot, and this is it. And if he doesn't do it, I think Howie's going to go out and look for a veteran, and I think Chris Harris makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure what he has left, but he's 34 years old. He has talked in the offseason about waiting to sign with a team. He wants to play for a Super Bowl contender. 
So, you know, we could see another situation like last year when they went out and got Joseph and Sue because uh, Marvin Wilson wasn't the answer after Jordan Davis and Marlon Tuipulatu went down. So Goodrich has to perform. I think he gets one shot. If he doesn't do a job in that one shot, maybe they'll bring someone else in. I know it's a short week. They're playing Monday. Then they follow up with another home game on Sunday against the Washington Commanders. So it's a short week. Maybe Goodrich gets two shots because it's a short week. But he's on a short leash, I'll I'll tell you that. Um, And we'll see how Sidney Brown adapts to slot reps because I think he's going to see some in there too. Um, But it's going to be a piecemeal situation. And that's not good. I mean, it's a shame. The Eagles had no injuries last year on their way to the Super Bowl. Nothing significant. Nothing like a torn peck like Avante Maddox or a blown out Achilles like Zach McPherson. Um, so, you know, here we are week three and already they've got a really, really key injury, two injuries at the same position. That's going to cause some long-term, uh, you know, issues. I think it's going to be, it could be a problem. Those are all some really great points that you're making right here too. I kind of like, yeah, you're right. It kind of blows me away uh, because truthfully, I mean, you can't forget Zach McPherson really would have been thought of as the backup nickel. And, you know, I, I believe, I don't know if you can, if you believe this yourself, I believe people within that organization think that he could be the eventual nickel of this team. So losing him as well, it's not like Mario Goodrich was plan B or developing one of these undrafted free agents. Like I started off the show talking about was plan B anyways. They, the plan B is on injured reserve right now. Right. So what you're saying makes a ton of sense where they could just say, Hey, short leash. Cause you're not really, we're not really, we don't see it here with you. Uh, Chris Harris might be, man, I would love to get Kenny Moore. I'd love to call Chris Ballard again to say, Hey, you're not looking too hot. You know, you have your this team's for the future. It's not for right now. What do we got to do, Shane? Can you talk to him? Can we get some Kenny Moore over to uh, Philadelphia? Because I, I mean, I think Kenny Moore in this situation when James Bradbury and Darius Slay uh, would rejuvenate his career. To be honest with you, I don't know how it really works out with contract wise or all that stuff. I hadn't looked that far into it. Chris Long's the one who brought it up. Actually, I'm not gonna lie. He he mentioned it first, and I said, yeah. I mean, and I've had friends too that have said to me like Kenny Moore would be a good pick. And I'm like, yeah, that actually wouldn't be bad. He's a great nickel corner. He's just, you know, in an ever-changing defensive woes in Indianapolis over there, he's getting sucked into it. Yeah. I I think the problem with, with that is right now, I mean, we haven't even played week three yet. Uh, I don't think any team is ready to make a trade and start mailing stuff in. I mean, every team still thinks they have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs, even though you look at some of these teams and you're like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Like the Chicago bears come to mind, but Hey, the Colts, <laughs> you know, the Colts are sitting at one and one uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be so quick to start, you know, dealing off. Assets. They're, not, they're not looking too hot right now against the Ravens. I'll tell you <laughs> that. Cause we're, we're recording this during like the one o'clock games on Sunday and uh, they're looking bad. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I still don't think teams yeah, are in trade mode until at least a month into the season, until you figure out who you are, what you can be, and then you start making some decisions like trading away Kenny Moore. That's a big trade for the Colts um, if they were to do it. So I, that's the problem is it's way too early in the season, in my opinion, for teams to start shipping off assets and playing for next year and mailing it in. I mean, you have a fan base right. you have to satisfy and you have to sell tickets for. And if you start chopping members off the team, your fan base isn't going to be real happy with you. So uh, to me, I think it could be, you know, a situation where, hey, if they still haven't solved this cornerback, this slot cornerback need, maybe they look and try to trade for Kenny Moore. But it's not going to I don't think it's going to be until the middle of October at the earliest. So a, a good 
what I thought would have been a good possibility is Josiah Scott, who was with this team last year, played the slot. The Eagles cut him coming out of training camp. Now he's with the Pittsburgh Steelers on the practice squad, but he's there. He's injured. I don't know what his injury is. So uh, I don't know if it's a long-term thing, but maybe, you know, they, they look to try to add him this week if Goodrich kind of doesn't do what they hope he can do. Uh, and then you bring in a guy that's got experience and you let Josiah Scott go out there and handle it. He's not, you know, he's not some excellent slot cornerback, but he's probably better than what you have on this roster right now. So he could be a possibility. I, again, I don't know what the injury is. Don't know how serious it is. Don't know if he'd be ready. Um, but, you know, that's a, that's a name that the Eagles know. He knows the defense. He was here for a couple of seasons. So he makes the most sense to me. But again, I don't know what his injury is. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. I'd rather just give Chris Harris Jr. the try. I don't know, because I, I feel like even if you – well, I mean, you can't hurt for bringing Josiah Scott in because you're signing him off a practice squad, and then if he doesn't make it, if he doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, just like Mario Goodrich. So, I mean, it's not right. it doesn't hurt per se, but I think you already know what's going to happen there. He struggles. He has his moments, but he struggles majority of his moments. Yeah. So, uh, I'd rather just give – I mean, Chris Harris, what could he really offer you at this point? But, again, you said the same thing about Dominic Sue and, and Linval Joseph, and they brought it off the tail. I like it. No, I like it. I, I would I would give it at least a shot. I mean, he can't. I mean, he can't go. He can't be that bad when you're thinking about he's going to be strictly put in the slot with two solid outside corners. I mean, because I'm with you. I'm thinking this Tampa game. The lease is going to be short, but I would rather see Bradbury on Godwood anyways when he's in the slot, or vice versa because they put Mike Evans in there as well too. I think it's really going to be matchup indicative on yeah. uh, Monday. Yeah, I just I know they're not real keen on moving their Pro Bowl All Pro cornerback. Thank God, but the, thank God though, thank God because yeah. that's what people are talking about is like a long term solution is Brad Perry plays more slot and Job starts. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, why would you that because that's because it's like what you said on this last episode that weakens two positions. One, right. it weakens nickel because James Bradbury is not going to be what he is on the outside as he is in the nickel. People really underestimate how different a position that is. It's completely different. It's completely different. You're dealing with completely different wide receivers that are playing differently, different routes in the boundary wide receivers play. Like that's that makes no sense to me that people think that he can just pick it up and be great there. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be like that. I promise you. I promise you. He would admit that to the media first before even I would. So that's weakening that position. Number one. Number two. I don't want to go through Josh Jobs' struggles in a season where you just came off of Super Bowl loss. When Bradbury, you know what he can bring to you on the outside, and he's healthy again. He's fine. It was just a concussion. He's good. He's good to go. He's back. Like I, I just, I'm, I, I like what Job showed. I mean, I, I thought, you know, maybe we were a little too harsh on him this last episode after watching this game a couple of times. I thought, you know, he, he did, he did his part. The, the times he got beat are when he played this off zone where corners get beat on, and even Darius Slay said it himself. Ed, I don't know if you listen to Slay's podcast, but I thought he hit on the best. He's like, I keep getting asked. By the media, and I keep getting asked by by fans on Twitter why we're giving up so many passing yards to these quarterbacks, and it's really because we're playing with these leads. I mean, these quarterbacks have nothing but to throw it. And when you play Kirk Cousins, you play Mac Jones, who are capable throwers, are gonna they're gonna throw it a ton when they're playing when they're down. They're not gonna run it. So I do kind of agree with Slay. Is like they're getting an unfair. The defense is really facing an unfair circumstances because all these offenses are down big and they don't have style running games, so they're gonna throw it a ton. Because, I mean, if you think about that, Joe, yes, he gave up that touchdown to Addison, but it, it was on off zone. He really struggled off zone. He played well in press. 
I mean, I, I like what he showed, and I get why people want to see more because Bradbury and uh, Slayer get him long in the tooth, but still, I'm not trying to go off those. I'm not trying to live with those struggles during a season where you can bounce back and go to the Super Bowl. Like, that's what your that's what your goal is. I don't think that's what the Eagles want to do either. And like you're saying that yourself. Yeah, I, th- I think Josh Job has the ability to get better as the season goes. I mean, remember, that was his first start, and he was an undrafted free agent. So you're not going to come in here and be, you know, Darrell Revis or, you know, some of these great cornerbacks that have played the game. It's a, it's a growth process. Uh, one thing I would take issue with with Slay saying that is the Eagles had big leads last year and other teams had to throw to come back, and yet the Eagles had the number one ranked pass defense in the NFL last year, they only gave up 179 yards through the air last year, which is kind of remarkable. And, you know, both quarterbacks so far have thrown for over 300 and I know they've been behind, but you know, the Eagles had big leads last year, the second corner, they're blowing teams out. So, you know, these teams had to come out passing and the Eagles did a good job and Slay and Bradbury, they weren't hurt. Maddox played, you know, eight or nine games last year, but you know, Josiah Scott filled in for him and, you know, did a pretty decent job, I thought, uh, because the pass defense was good. And a lot of that was the pass rush, you know, and now the Eagles need to, you know, they only have four sacks. I, I know they've generated a ton of pressure. Um, they've gotten quarterbacks off their marks, but, you know, they need to get home a little bit more often um, to kind of stop. That's the biggest struggle for them this year, 100%. And it's yeah. really been affecting Hassan Reddick a lot too. Yeah, I, but that's that's the key, I think, to passing yards is, yeah, I mean, uh, you're going to give up yards in the air. It's a passing league. It's hard not to. The fact they only gave up 179 per game last year, again, is is remarkable. I certainly don't expect that to happen again. Um, but the pass rush last year was phenomenal, and I think it will be a phenomenal again as far as getting quarterbacks to the ground. You're not going to play any Carson Wentz's who are going to stand there and look to be sacked nine times in a game. Uh, you know, some of these statues that aren't going to do that. You're going to get quarterbacks that are going to get the ball out fast. So, uh, you know, the pass defense has to hold up. But again, you didn't have Reed Blankenship last week. You know, he's a key part, uh, you know, at that safety position. <clears throat> you know, uh, he'll be back. That's a great sign that he'll be back on Monday night. Uh, but, you know, Marcus Epps was a real good safety last year. Very underrated safety last year. Um, right. Yeah. You know, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson was a ball hawk. You know, six interceptions would have probably led the league had he not missed five games with the lacerated kidney. So, yeah, the pass defense was better last year. Let's face it. That's and, a key difference that they had a ball hawk. Yeah. And, and I think Blankenship can be a ball hawk. I think he can play that role. I mean, he's only played the one game against the Vikings. Or, yeah. Uh, no, the Patri- against the Patriots. And didn't he drop a pick that game? I'm pretty yeah, sure he I dropped a pick he, that game. I think he did. And he got B for a touchdown in the end zone on a very nice pass for Mac Jones, a tight end. I think it was Hunter Henry kind of got behind him a little bit and Mac Jones put it in a good spot, you know, credit Mac Jones and and the tight end for making a play. Hunter Henry's making plays all year though, too. So, yeah. So listen, I mean, and Blankenship's in his first year starting, you know, I mean, he started a couple of games last year, but he, you know, again, he's still a young kid like Job and these guys are going to no, need to grow. Blankenship isn't a prime example of what I was talking about in the beginning of the episode. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like you need to give these guys time because the, you have to hope that these guys are the guys. Because they're right. not going to have a ton of resources to go after the. And everybody's going to throw in my face what the twenty-four uh, cap looks like for the Eagles. It looks very good for them, but that. But he's going to Landon Dickerson and Devontae Smith, and then they got to go ahead and get pay their draft picks yeah. and clear up a, a couple other positions. Like that's not just money they could just throw around to, to fix things. It's not going to happen, guys. So to have Blankenship step up and be like how he's performing, that's key for them to have. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you, Ed. Uh, 
they need to have one of these linebackers do the same with Dean being out. It needs to be, if if Morrow looks good and he ends up being a guy too, that's good for them. More because that Cunningham's not going to be around them. It's he's definitely a one year rental, but they need to figure something out at linebacker too long term. But that's another discussion for another episode. Let's get into this one tonight matchup discussion a little bit before we end the episode real quick. What do you think is going to happen? What do you what, what are your predictions are? Because I know Sirianni started off the week with like, hey, you know. I think a lot of fans think that Sirianni, or it felt like to me when seeing the reaction was Sirianni rained on their parade with the running back uh, by committee approach when he just said, hey, we're sticking with that no matter what, we'll ride the hot hand, but we're sticking with that. But I still think it's going to be, hey, DeAndre Swift's going to get a good, healthy amount of touches because you can't ignore 175 yards on the ground. You just can't. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I would like to ask Nick, and I and it's probably my fault for not asking Nick this already, is what what how do you define a hot hand? How is he defining that? Is that going to be, you know, an in-game definition or is it going to be week to week? Because I wonder if Kenny Gainwell was healthy against the Patriots, if DeAndre Swift wouldn't have run for 175 yards, would he have given the ball to Kenny Gainwell 15 times instead of giving 28 touches to, you know, DeAndre Swift? I don't know. I don't know what Syriac's yeah. definition of a hot hand is. I think you're right. I think he would use Kenny. I thought if Kenny would have played yeah, against the Vikings, I, I think they would have split it up. So, I, you know, I'm not really sold on what the hot hand looks like with Nick Sirianni. I mean, if you're going week to week, DeAndre Swift has the hot hand. He ran for 175 yards. You got to come out and run him 10 times before you think about giving it to somebody else. And if he has like 30 yards on those 10 carries, all right, he doesn't have the hot hand today. Let's bring in Kenny Gainwell into the mix or Rashad Penny. Or, uh, well, I guess Boston Scott's not going to play. So, yeah, you know, is he, is he going to, like, pull the plug after five or six carries to to Swift go for, like, 13 yards? Maybe. But to me, he Swift has the hot hand. That's my definition. He ran for 175 last week. Yeah, let's give him the yeah, ball. I never, I never really time. asked that question. Everybody's listening to this episode right now. Ask this question to yourself, too, what he just said. If Kenny Gamewell was healthy versus the Vikings, would DeAndre Swift have performed the same way? I think DeAndre Swift would have had – look, because he admitted – I'm not going to lie. He did say after the first game that we can't have another game where DeAndre Swift gets used that little. And what did they do? They they favored DeAndre Swift. I know Kenny Gamble didn't play, but they favored Swift, and then they favored uh, um, Dallas Goddard, right, to start the game off. So yeah. they I think – overcorrect. They always overcorrect. Right. That's what I think. They would have overcorrected it by – and yeah. by overcorrecting it, DeAndre Swift would have had some kind of impact. He would have had a 100-yard game, I think. But 175, no, because he would have gave Kenny Gainwell at least 12 touches. I, I think so. And then, so who has the hot hand? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, it, to me, it's so obvious at this point that DeAndre Swift. I just has think the in the hand. NFL, you have to have two running backs, right? Yeah, you do. Right. They, they're, I don't care. It's only been two games. The way that they've been using Rashad Penny, even when Boston Scott was out last week, is just telling enough. Or when he left injured last week, is just telling enough. They, they don't, they don't see it in Penny. They must think something must have. There must be seen some at practice that they think that Penny's not what the player that they thought that they signed. So they're clearly favoring. This is a DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwell backfield from here on out, and you need two running backs in the NFL to succeed. Well, we are excited about DeAndre Swift. You're excited about DeAndre Swift. I'm excited about DeAndre Swift. But we also have to remember at the same time, which is clearly what this team is thinking about. There's 15 games left. This, or excuse me, uh, 14 games left. This team's going to play this season, which they think they're going to play way more than that because they're going to go into the postseason. DeAndre Swift has a horrible injury history. 
And they want to see what they have in Kenny because they like what Kenny did this postseason. They want to expand on it. And I, I do, I know you say he struggled against the Patriots. I thought he performed well enough that if you consider it his first career start, which it was. And it was a Bill Belichick defense that's a Bill Belichick defense. So for what it's worth, I thought he played okay. But I'm with you. You're, that question is going to be answered on Monday. Clearly, they're going. To, I think you're going to see both of them the same amount that you would see like a Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard last year type of thing. I because I, again, you want to keep Swift healthy, but I don't know if you're going to see 175 ever again from Swift. And I think that's going to be frustrating fans all season long, and yourself included, because look what he can is capable of doing behind this offensive line. You want to see that. You want to keep seeing it. Sorry, Kenny, but when you were out, your your backup did this. And we want to keep saying that and because he's capable of that. So I get what people are saying there. I get what the frustrations. I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you got to give the line a lot of credit, too. The line did not oh, 100%. play well against the Patriots. In the the best run back, run blocking offensive line in NFL history is, is what the Eagles have been possessing the last couple of years since since Jeff, excuse me, since Jeff Stoutland took over with Doug Peterson. Not when he took over Chip Kelly, but when he's been with Doug Peterson. I, I mean, even with Chip Kelly, that offensive line was run blocking. It was incredible. So you can even say when Jeff Stoutland got in Philly, it's been the best run blocking offensive line in league history, hands down. I'll say this about Penny real quick is that, you know, you got to remember he got hurt last year, pretty uh, significant injury, missed the second half of the season. And the Eagles are just taking it slow with him. That's my feeling. I'm not, I'm not sure it's something. You're right, man. I love Penny. I mean, because you saw what they did with Josh Sweat when they drafted him. They, they didn't play him a lot his rookie year because they wanted to go slow. They retroed him. Huh? Yeah. They retroed him, which they should do with Dolan Smith. That's another discussion. Because of the knee injury. So yeah, I, I think that, that's kind of what they're doing with Penny. They're really monitoring him. They don't just want to throw him out there because they don't have to throw him out there. But I, I still believe Penny will play a role at some point in some game this year. And I think it's going to be sooner rather than later. I just think the Eagles are very just being very cautious with him and trying to, you know, get him to where he was before the before the injury last year. So I'm not down on Penny. I'm not sure the Eagles are either. Right now it's Swift and it's and it, and it's gained well, and Boston Scott's kind of your curveball. He's out with the concussion, um, but yeah, I'm not down on Penny. I, and and you know, we'll see how it all plays out. I, I I need to really ask Nick, like, what? How do you define a hot hand? Is it week to week, game to game, run to run? I mean, what 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 constitutes a hot hand? I hope you're right about Rashad Penny. I hope you are right. I'm praying you are right. I really like him. I think he's a good running back. I think he yeah. did some damage behind this offensive line, and maybe it is. Maybe it's just, maybe we maybe we're just an impatient, and I'm falling for the trap of being impatient again because you're right. He did suffer an injury halfway through the season. Yeah. My one question to you, Ed, that I, I've been asked all week by a friend of mine, and I it's kind of concerning to me too watching these last couple of games, and I don't think it's going to improve against this Tampa Bay defense because they have Winfield, they have David, they have White, they have some good cover guys across the middle. But this offense, once again, and I think it's just Jalen Hurts' biggest weakness to his game, and I think it always will be, is completing nothing in the middle of the field. They're doing nothing in the middle of the field once again. And I, bread and butter for Dallas Goddard. Why do you think that is again? Like, what do you think? Like, what is wrong with this offense so far that they can't get stuff over the middle of the field as it hurts? Uh, I just can't answer it myself, so I'm trying to ask yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's you know a matchup driven thing or if 
Hertz has been hesitant to throw in the middle of the field because defenses have looked a little different to him this year early on. Um, but cer- certainly they do need to throw into the center of the field. And, you know, we saw a lot of that in training camp, you know, which is kind of befuddling that they're not doing it in the games. We saw them hitting guys over the middle of the field, especially Goddard. They, they hit the seam routes uh, with the tight ends. And, you know, we haven't seen that since the season has started. But listen, it's a small sample size, two games. You know, I wouldn't say that we're we're going to be missing that all year long. I really don't. I mean, I just think that defenses have created chaos. Like Jason Kelsey said, you know, they're throwing chaotic looks at them. And Hertz is taking what he feels comfortable taking. And over the middle of the field isn't something he's feeling comfortable with. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a good team over the middle with their linebackers and their safety. So, you know, we could see another game where they try to get guys deep on the outside and let it loose from there. But I, I don't think we're going to see a, you know, an offense that's going to make hay over the middle of the field on Monday night either. Jaws mentioned that he thinks Hertz still has trouble read defenses. And I'm not going to question what Jaws thinks. He's a former quarterback. He knows the position better than I do. Um, I just don't. I think that's a little too panicky right now for me. Yeah. I thought he was reading defenses fine last year and just trusting because Jalen Hurts to me, you know, when we back way back in, we had Thor uh, Nystrom. Yeah. Uh, draft profile that covers the league. He he compared Jalen Hurts to a point guard. He plays the quarterback position like a point guard. He wants to get the ball in his playmaker's hands and trust them to make the play just like a point guard would in basketball. And last year he was able to do that at will with Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard. I think this year, like you're saying, like what Jason was saying, too, with the chaos, he's not able to do that as or as comfortable as he would like to or able to get that ball in that position to those guys' hands in that time. I mean, so far, that's what it's looking like. So I think that's a little too panicky for me that he can't read defenses. I think because uh, it took Pat Mahomes a couple of years, too, as well, to pick up the – and he did it with the best coach – to teach a quarterback in league history, honestly, arguably, in Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a little too panicky for me. I think Jalen Hurts is fine. I think he could read defenses. I just, uh, I just think, you know, when things get chaotic, he's still a young quarterback, and we have to remember that. Yeah, and the more you see, the more defenses you see, in other words, the, the more games you play, you know, the, the more you'll see. And you, you would expect to get better at that. I mean, he's a smart uh, smart guy. There's no question about it. So I think, yeah, the more he sees, the better he'll get at reading what different defenses look like. He um, dropped the quote of the year on on John John's question. That would you remember that where he said when did uh, when did we uh, uh, lose point? Then when the point was losing winning games. When did we lose the, right. the side of that? Yeah. So right. some some along those lines. Yeah, uh, yeah. When did the point become about not winning games or something like yeah. that? Something along those lines. Style versus winning. You know, a lot of people are upset that the Eagles don't look great in winning. Um, and to me, I'm like, hey, man, they're coming out of Super Bowl. I mean, it's are 2 0. Do you want to be playing your best? I don't even think John asked a bad question or anything either. I thought John was just, you know, asking him yeah. what his thoughts are about the concerns on the offense. He's asking him. Yeah, Jalen likes to throw that kind of stuff out there. Right. You know, he's, he's the, you know, he's got those t shirt slogan lines, you know. Loaded up and ready to pull out. It was a fair question, though. To be honest with you, Jalen. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a fair question because we're all wondering this. So the city of Philadelphia is wondering, like, why this offense isn't as explosive as it was last year. It's a fair yeah. question. Yeah. What do you, what's your Agreed. score prediction for Monday night? 
Ooh, yeah, I think I think the Eagles will win the game. I think it's uh, going to be kind of like a 24 to 21 type game. I think the Eagles will win or 20. I'm going to go 24 20 Eagles uh, in this game. I think it's uh, going to be relatively low scoring. I think the Bucks defense is really good. Um, and I think the Eagles defense will continue to force turnovers, give off the offense a short field and the Eagles will put up 24 points and, you know, give up 20. 24 20 is what I think. The Bucks offensive line isn't what it used to be. So no. uh, I need I, I need Hassan Reddick. I hope this is like the Hassan Reddick game. He just had his birthday, you know, he a couple weeks off the injury, got what 11 days to heal now from Thursday night to Monday night. Yeah. I hope this is the Hassan Reddick game because the Eagles defense really desperately needs Hassan Reddick game. They need to get the sacks. You're right. I mean, they're getting home. You see it there. Like we keep talking about. The biggest stats I see that keep get posted online this week is the the Eagles pass rush win rate or like the pressures that they're accumulating. Like, yes, they're getting there. It's just the sacks to finish the play would just turn that whole entire tide of the the defense around, uh, pass defense especially. So, I I I just want to see them get home against Baker. He's not elusive. He's not going to take off much. He he can navigate around the pocket and and move, but he's not going to be a mobile quarterback against you. He wants to be a pocket passer. So. Um, and he's playing good football for this Buccaneers team, I will say. Baker Mayfield's definitely not the the punchline he used to be anymore right now, currently for the Buccaneers. Uh, and then again, Chris Cobb and Mike Evans, you still have to fear. They have a great defense. They're 2-0 for a reason. I think this would be a hard-fought game. 24-20 is a perfect prediction for me just because of how good these both these teams are. And I think the Bucs have a prime position to win their division this year So um, and be a playoff team. That means... Uh, I have the Eagles winning uh, 21 to 17. I think it's going to be a close game too. I have a four point spread too as well, but I just don't, I don't, I don't see both these teams going off offensively because I think both defenses are going to come to play ball. And I think, I don't know. I would love to see two guys really just shut everybody up this week. Jalen Hurts and Hassan Reddick. Reddick for the reasons I just stated. Jalen Hurts for the reasons that we all keep stating the whole entire weeks. Yep. And last time he was in Tampa, they just said that he can't read defense, and they annihilated this offense. I'd love for him to take this on, take this on as a revenge game. Remember what was said about him, and go out there and just have a crazy offensive explosion with this offense. That'd be great. Yeah, I'd love it. That's what I want to look for. So I, I hope that's not the score prediction, but that's my prediction because I don't think it's going to happen. I think this is still going to be a a hard fought game, and you have to credit both defenses and just remember what it is what Jalen said. That's what matters the most. So. All right, that's going to do it for us, guys. We'll be back later in the week to discuss this. Ed's currently in Clearwater. I want him to get back to that vacation he's on right now and enjoy it. Uh, I will see you guys later this week, and we'll talk about this game. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.